0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Travis of the BamaOnline.com staff. It is a Saturday night. It is an hour or so couple hours, I guess now following Alabama's 44 to 13 win over the Miami hurricanes and Atlanta, Georgia, the crimson tide, Gets off to a strong 1-0 start, courtesy courtesy of a 31-point win over the Hurricanes. Some about Miami. Miami can't quite get over the 13-point hump, right? When it comes to matchups with the Alabama Crimson side. New Year's night, 1993. Alabama 34, Miami 13. Fast forward, 28 years. Alabama 44, Miami 13. And where do we start? Well, let's start with Bryce Young because it was his first start at the University of Alabama. Very successful, I would say. Uh, 344 passing yards, four touchdowns, the highest numbers in those respective categories for a first-time starter, quarterback in his first start at Alabama, in program history. So all things looking good with Bryce Young. had the one turnover there on the strip sack and kind of looked like maybe a protection bust for Alabama between the offensive line, maybe even the running backs there. So Alabama still, though, able to finish plus two in turnover margin for the game thanks to a couple of interceptions from that Alabama defense. Malachi Moore, Jalen Moody, stepping in. Figured he would be a strong presence if given the opportunity. Henry Toa Toa goes out with an elbow injury there in the second half. Moody's in. Moody makes an interception Federian Mathis had a fumble recovery, but it did not, it didn't come without a cost, as we saw, because Christopher Allen, unfortunately, according to the post-game comments of Nick Saban, could be out for the remainder of the season with a foot injury. We'll know more, obviously, here in the next day or so. But boy, Christopher Allen and Will Anderson, you were seeing it unfold very early in the game on Saturday afternoon. What so many future opponents of Alabama were fearful of was the fact that these two guys could really, really blow up offenses. And Will Anderson, tremendous throughout the game. Nine tackles, a sack, Um, again, just a real problem. Big part of the goal line stuff there on De'Eric King in the third quarter. Henry Toa Toa getting an assist on that as well. But that all started with Will Anderson blowing up the edge and getting in on the stop of Eric King there to keep the Hurricanes out of the end zone. So offensively, you really like what you saw from Bryce Young. The running back position, it was sort of the committee approach that we anticipated. Brian Robinson getting the start. But you saw Jace McClellan, you saw Roydell Williams, and you also saw Trey Sanders run 20 yards and into the end zone for Alabama's lone rushing touchdown in the game. Really great to see Trey Sanders Persevere, as much as anything. Given the injuries the last couple of years, you've heard Nick Saban talk about that a pretty good bit in recent days. Uh, Rewarded, I guess, is a good way to put it for Trey Sanders, the number one running back recruit in the nation a couple of years ago, and looked like he may have helped himself in terms of future reps. Now, I think for the running backs, maybe as much as anything, ball security, give Dell Williams credit, even though he still got chewed by – Nick Saban on the sideline before this was reviewed and overturned. Uh, he put it on the ground, but he went back and got it. You know that's that's important. And so, um, not quite a point yet with Roy Dell Williams where you're worried about fumbling, uh, but he did fumble against Arkansas in mop up time last December. Lost a fumble down inside the ten of the Razorbacks, and then we see it again in the season opener, but. Chase McClellan showing you some good things Sort of in between Brian Robinson and Roydell Williams And again, the finish that Trey Sanders had On a couple of his runs You saw good vision Saw good cutting ability Good acceleration And also some physicality At the end of a couple of those runs So um, Alabama averaged a Little more than four yards per carry in the game But in the first three quarters of the game while it was still at least somewhat competitive, I guess you could say the first two quarters, Alabama averaged six yards per carry. In the fourth quarter, when Miami defensively knew that Alabama was just looking to run the ball and get out of Atlanta, uh, that's when the Crimson Tide had just 10 rushing yards on 15 attempts. And look, Nick Saban isn't just going to say, ah, well, Miami knew it was coming. Nick Saban doesn't want to hear any of that. He wants to run the football even when opposing defenses know, and especially when he's got a big lead and he's looking to take the air out of the football. He's going to want to see more than what he saw from that Alabama run game. And again, you had three different quarterbacks play for Alabama in the fourth quarter. Paul Tyson, Jalen Milroe made his UA debut there late. You saw the second team offensive line enter the game with Milroe in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, there's some reasons for that, but... Nick Saban do not want to hear all that. That's why he's Nick Saban, I guess. Uh, wide receiver position. Jamison Williams provided exactly what you were hoping to see from him. 94 yards with the the back wasn't already broken. Uh, it was already fused pretty good for the Hurricanes at that point. But in terms of future uh, opponents in upcoming games, that's what you love to put on tape for teams that think you know what, maybe we'll crowd the box a little bit more than we have against Alabama in recent years. And there was a stretch kind of after the first quarter, after the first half, where it felt like the passing game was condensing for Alabama. We weren't seeing a lot of separation. You know, the thing about Bryce is he can make wrongs right, and I thought he did that more than a couple of times on Saturday afternoon between making – some protection issues right because he can extend plays and he can avoid pressure uh, and then also as a result of that by extending plays he can help get guys open um, You know, but the, the bomb to Jamison Williams is just big for a multitude of reasons. You love to put that out there so how are you going to defend us now? And I'm sure you're thinking one way going into this game but now you've got Jamison Williams hitting an explosive like that John Mechie hit one as well for a touchdown. How about Cameron two? First two catches, as a member of the Alabama Crimson Tide, they both go for touchdowns, and they weren't just sort of little pop passes down inside the five. These were you know, lengthy receptions and one after the catch. Very impressive. Used the offhand with a stiff arm, and you know, he gets into the end zone a couple of times. So the passing game, all things considered, very encouraging. I'm sure, though, between protection at just about every area of the, the passing game, that will be a point of emphasis in the upcoming practice week. Um, defensively, what you expected, right? Again, getting back to Anderson and Allen on the edges. Toa Christian Harris, at inside linebacker. Secondary was interesting because it was a little bit different than what we were anticipating. Offensive line, we need to talk about that too. Um, with Malachi Moore at safety and Brian Branch at star. Uh, Jordan Battle, obviously, at safety. Uh, Josh Job, Jalen Armour-Davis at the corner positions Thought they were pretty solid throughout Daniel Wright got hit with a P.I. that I didn't think was P.I. Thought it was pretty good coverage He got hit with a hold down inside the 10 That, yeah, maybe it was But I thought he did a pretty good job of trying to conceal it And that was a play that obviously Miami had seen on tape From the Ole Miss game last year If you remember in the first quarter of the trip to Oxford very similar look Alabama got from Ole Miss, and Kenny Yoboa ended up scoring a touchdown on it down there inside the 10. But, you know, a lot of different faces in the secondary. Uh, Malachi Moore, once again, with a takeaway. Uh, you like the takeaways. First half, I think Miami was one of six on third down, so that was a positive. Third quarter, Miami found some rhythm, converted five of seven on thirds. Um But for the game, Alabama offensively 10 of 16. Three more field goals from Will Reichard. Is he ever going to miss again? So he just decided he's never going to miss again, Will Reichard? After a perfect 2020, he gets off to a three-for-three start. And this one, including a bomb from 51 yards, it had a pretty little draw on it. Something I would like to try to do on the golf course that, sadly, I don't do is a pretty little draw. It's more of a flip hook. That doesn't get off the ground all that much. But James Burnup, you were wondering how much you might see him in the game. Uh, Alabama very successful on third down, so we only saw James Burnup twice. Rikered with the three field goals. I wouldn't say is that his two punts were encouraging um, looking ahead, but it's a start. You know, he didn't get them blocked. Uh, they weren't outright shanks. They can get better. There's no doubt about that. Riker's kickoffs were really good. Um, Jack Martin had some opportunities on kickoffs as well. He had one of them go out of bounds, so I'm sure that didn't sit well with Nick Saban and uh, Drew Svoboda and the, and the staff there. But, um, you know, about what you would expect, Slade Bolden back deep on punt returns, uh, did a nice job of securing the football Had a couple of returns where you thought he was maybe a step away uh, Didn't quite materialize for him uh, So all in all though, you know, a very positive start And so now you try not to look too far ahead With the Florida Gators a couple Saturdays away But we all know that's going to be the next big test It's going to be a true road matchup And we're certainly going to preview that one for you extensively in the days and weeks to come, if you got anything for me, let's hear it. Heath is watching, I see here. Um, yeah, a Jai Hall got in there. You know, the rotation at wide receiver was certainly interesting, wasn't it, Tim? Um, JoJo Earl, as you kind of expected, was sort of that next guy in behind the top three, but you know, then you got into some TreShaun Holden and some. Javon Baker, and then you saw Ja'Cory Brooks, and Ajay Hall, and Tyu Jones-Bell. So played a lot of people, not only at wide receiver, but really across the board. And as we talked about, the offensive line, interesting in its own right. I know Charlie Potter had us updated from Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and Brian, we'll talk about that. Um, you know, the pregame warmups when you see Darian Dahlcourt snapping to Bryce Young, uh, and Chris Owens is sort of down the pecking order at center, maybe as much as a, an indication of, of anything that Chris was going to start at right tackle at that point because he wouldn't be the third team center or the fourth team center. So that kind of sets your flag up that Chris Owens might very well be making a start, and he's played right tackle in the past, so it shouldn't be a, made a start at right tackle last season. You know, I thought the offensive line – And, again, understanding, as we've heard from Nick Saban, it's been a real struggle, or it was in the preseason, to get the top five, the first five out there together for an extended stretch. Um, There were moments where you thought they're going to be really good, and I still think they're going to be really good. I'm not convinced they're totally done either in terms of what they're going to look like maybe even in a month compared to what they looked like as far as, the players in certain spots on Saturday afternoon. So um, work in progress, the best way I would describe the offensive line. A couple of the snaps from Court were a little shaky. Again, another one of those areas where Bryce Young, really athletic, and he can make some wrongs right uh, with that athleticism. Thought he did a pretty good job on a couple of those from Court to not only corral them but not really miss much of a beat in terms of running the play. Um, but Dawcourt showed you when you can get him out in front of some things like runs and the quick game throwing it he can do some really good things the touchdown run by Trey Sanders was beautifully blocked um, Dawcourt got a pancake um, Emil Echior, very good job I think he had a couple of double teams on that and you also saw the value once again of Kendall Randolph being able to play that tight end spot working alongside Chris Owens on that Sanders touchdown run they just Uh, really opened up a big hole, and and Sanders kind of did it from there. Deborah watching in. Tom watching in. John is watching in. John says it was a great game. I didn't have Alabama winning by 31. So that's kind of where this program is at. Alabama, as a a 19-and-a-half point favorite, I believe at kickoff, wins by 31, and we're talking about, wow, they got some areas where they got to they got to clean some things up yeah i think that tells you as much as anything what type of era of alabama football we're living in right now when you know we're having that kind of discussion but again the injuries um it's a shame to see atlanta georgia season openers against acc teams just won't leave alabama linebackers alone um you, know, you had Terrell in 2017, you had Christian in 2017 Then you see Henry Toa Toa go down with the elbow And of course Christopher Allen with the foot So um, you know, with Allen out, Drew Sanders next up at strong side linebacker But you saw Chris Braswell in the game in some pass rush type situations He's certainly going to be a big part of that moving forward You would think if the worst case scenario plays out with Christopher Allen, um, and then you could start to see maybe more of a true freshman like Dallas Turner. Um, that's kind of the way it looked as far as how they proceeded. You know, once Allen went out, and they have some versatility as we've talked about within the linebacker position, even at inside linebacker. And I think you saw more of this once Allen went out of the game Saturday. They went more three man front pass rush. And they kept Toa Toa and Christian Harris in the game together at inside linebacker and looked to play the dime that way more so than with a four man front and a single inside linebacker, which Christian Harris was that guy earlier in the game before Allen went out. Yeah, Brian, I saw your comment. Saw your comment there for um, Georgia and Clemson. That game's winding down as we speak. So if you want to hit me with some updates, feel free. Um, but defensive battle kind of had that 2011 Alabama <laughs> LSU feel to it you know Tim I haven't seen I, I know that Sark got a nice W today a lot of folks were picking Louisiana to go into Austin and upset Texas but I, I'm not I, I know right You're giving me some Ben Davis questions still there you go still getting the Ben Davis questions Yeah, you know, I hear you on the punting, but and and I know Nick Saban has talked about James Burnet has punted before. Well, he has punted a football before, but I don't think James Burnett has punted in a situation like he did today. You know, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium with a capacity or close to capacity crowd, uh, top fifteen matchup. He, he's going to get better. I thought what was interesting about it was. I don't recall seeing really a rugby approach from Alabama under Nick Saban. We saw that on the first punt. Second punt was the traditional American-style punt, I guess you could call it. Uh, and neither one of them were particularly aesthetically pleasing. So, uh, you know, but the good news is he only punted twice. So you know, I kind of went into this game thinking he may go four or five times, Um uh, and he was only needed twice. Frederick, it is going to be an interesting scenario to consider with Trey Sanders moving forward in terms of his workload because he did not look the worst for wear or previous injuries, I guess you could say. I thought Trey Sanders looked spectacular uh, in coming back from his latest injury uh, in the win over Miami, just very natural, fluid as I said earlier, check pretty much all the boxes in terms of on the ball. I think, you know, what you're going to have to continue to address here with these backs, and um, even with Brian Robinson, is some of the the, the protection in in the passing game. I mean, it's great, it's great that Bryce Young can again kind of serve as this eraser to mistakes when they're made by people around him, but you don't want him to get into a mode of even pre-snap thinking I'm not going to be able to stand in here. I, the first thing I'm going to have to do is evade a linebacker or a blitzer if they're coming. Um, sooner or later, that uh, that works on the psyche of your quarterback a little bit. Yeah, I agree, Brian. We talked about it earlier, the P.I. on Daniel Wright. Um, tough matchup, too, because he's got Charleston Rambo, the Oklahoma transfer, one for one, did a really nice job. And, um Thought the official sort of anticipated what he thought was going to happen, and it didn't really happen that way. Yeah, and it seems like you're right, Michael. I, I see more and more in college football, especially um, more, you know, pushing and and, and separation that way um, from receivers offensive PI that doesn't get called. John, you know, I think. Once you get past Mechie and Williams right now, it's still sort of a mixed bag. And the good thing was, I think, I want to say that Bryce had completions to nine different receivers in the game. So he's obviously comfortable with Cameron Latou at tight end. And that's a part of this, too. I mean, you have to think that at some point in the not-too-distant future, things which a little Billingsley are going to get right, and that's going to become more of your number three guy or even two-guy in some instances. And, yeah, I think JoJo Earl has that potential as well. We saw him pretty early on Saturday check in there in the slot. Um, You know, Slade had a pretty solid game, three catches. Um, You know, Javon Baker got to catch a few balls. Treshawn Holden had a pretty rough drop there, I want to say, in the – I guess it may have been the third quarter, fourth quarter. Yeah. So you know those are some things that you got to clean up, but you know these are still some guys that haven't played a ton of football. And again, some of the guys from last year didn't benefit from spring practice or really a true off season leading up to the twenty twenty season. So in some ways, they're in the same boat as even some of these true freshmen. And you know, Jacory Brooks and Ajay Hall are eventually going to be real, real factors in this thing as well. So. It's kind of a log jam there, but I think it starts with Billingsley getting back to where he needs to be. Tripp's checking in from Venice Beach, Florida. Yes, very nice, Tripp. I got a score update. Gosh, LSU down 21 to 10? What's up with my guy, Max Johnson? I've been driving that Max Johnson train all offseason. Hmm. Yeah, John, we talked about that a little bit, too, earlier, the adjustment that will have to be made if Chris Allen is out for an extended stretch or perhaps the season altogether, as Nick Saban intimated following the game today. uh, I think you saw it a good bit uh, after he went out. Drew Sanders, as a strong side linebacker, can come in. He can set the edge against the run. He can play in coverage. He is still evolving as a pass rusher. Um, But then Chris Braswell can come in in some situations, certainly give you some pass rush. He's sort of the 180 of Drew Sanders right now, still getting there physically in terms of being a legit run defender, playing in coverage. So I guess what I'm saying is it may take at least two players to sort of cover for what you were getting from chris allen if there's a silver lining in all of this is that the guy on the other side and you knock on wood 175 times um is healthy and looked like the best player in all of collegiate football not the best defensive player maybe the best overall player in college football In will anderson ah so it looks like lsu has scored to cut it to 21-17. I appreciate that update. Yeah, Jasper, I I don't know. I think it's kind of hard. It was good to see Paul Tyson convert a third down to Jai Hall. Um, You know, it's a tough spot when those twos and threes get in there because the full playbook is not open at that point. They're just trying to get the game over. Everybody in the stadium knows what's coming. Um, So if you do get an opportunity to throw the football, it's going to be on like third and eight. So, you know, that was the situation for Paul Tyson and uh, Jalen Milrow. Jalen, it looked like it was a third and short, and maybe he kept, or a fourth and short, and maybe he kept on his own read when he was in there tonight or this afternoon. And when he got to the sideline, Nick Saban didn't seem all that happy about it. So, uh, there you go. Georgia wins, Doug tells me now. 10-3. Yeah, lit it up in Charlotte, didn't they? Montana, the Grizz, about to beat Washington, Michael tells me. <coughs> How about the Grizz? Coming over from Missoula, going into Seattle. Wasn't Washington a top 25-type team in the preseason? Georgia's defense looked pretty good tonight, Marco. Now, I think you got to rack some of that up, too, that Clemson looked like a total mess. and Too many of the problems you saw for Clemson against Ohio State In the college football playoff, um, you know, at the end of last season, seemed to still be around. That offensive line for Clemson got their butt handed to them. And I know DJ Ungalele is going to get all the heat, especially with the NIL stuff and all that. But the old axiom is still true. If if you can't get people blocked, um, you can't win. And so... Give credit to Kirby. That was a big spot for Georgia. Not that Georgia had to have the game to remain relevant to the national championship discussion or the college football playoff discussion, but just from a perception standpoint of Kirby and that program, they needed that win and they got it done. Yeah, John, Oklahoma was interesting today. We had been told, right, all offseason, all offseason we had been told, this Oklahoma defense is not that Oklahoma defense, and then Tulane comes out after being displaced and spending the week in Birmingham following the path, the destructive path of Hurricane Ida, goes right down the field and scores to take a 7-0 lead and led that game for a good bit of the game. You know, I just, Oklahoma just doesn't do it for me, and it's not just the defense I think Spencer Rattler and Matt Corral, in a lot of ways, are the same guy. And in a lot of ways, that's a good thing, because these are guys that can throw for 4,000 yards in a season. But in terms of that one or two performances per year, that can really put you in a situation of not being able to maximize the overall potential of a team. I think they both are capable of that as well. What else you got for me, gang, before we get out of here on a Saturday night following Alabama's 44-13 to 13 win over the Miami Hurricanes? Tom and Steve, what do we got? Yeah, they did. You know, Tulane did practice at the indoor facility in Tuscaloosa. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I put JT Dane. I don't know. They're... They're all I call them quarter bros. They're all bros. Corral, Spencer Rattler. Yeah, I see some bro in JT Daniels. Jim, you want me to rank the SEC teams right now? Um gosh. I got I'm going Alabama first. I'll go Georgia too. Uh then it gets tricky for me because I've been all over LSU this off season. I got to eat some crow. It's looking more and more like uh, as this night moves along. Um, Alabama 1, Georgia 2, Texas A&M 3. Um, where are we going? We going Florida 4? Florida didn't exactly blow your hair back tonight. Yeah, A&M didn't look great either with Haynes King making his first start. Um, I was impressed with Texas too. Byron. Um, those would probably be my top four right now. And Ole Miss, let's see what they look like on Monday night. You know, if Ole Miss thumps a Lane Kiffinless Ole Miss, thumps Louisville in Atlanta on Monday night, suddenly a lot of us may have Ole Miss as a top three type team in the SEC. Top three, top four for sure. You know, Mississippi State was down 20 to La Tech today. Kentucky did look good. Yeah. Yeah. I liked I liked what I saw from Kentucky today. It was ULM. But you know, we said that about ULM in 2007 too, right? How about ULM, man? They love this, don't they? Alabama just keeps hammering these non-conference opponents in the regular season and they just stand there with their chests out. Yeah, Ron, it looked like just cramps for Brian Branch. And then, you know, you heard from Nick Saban postgame. I don't think Shane Lee – I think Shane Lee was in street clothes. So, you had some other things going on. He mentioned Damian George not being available tonight, which made sense once you started to see the twos on offense late in the game. Um, DeMarco Ellums, you saw a little bit of. He got flagged for the crackback block on the interception. So, you know, maybe you're going to get some guys healthier here uh, in the next few days. Obviously, you had a couple injuries on Saturday, one that could be particularly costly, but could be getting some guys back to full strength too, full availability. All right, gang. Well, as always, we appreciate you. We appreciate you joining us here on Instant Analysis, this one following Alabama's 31-point win over the Miami Hurricanes. We're going to have complete coverage, wrapping things up of this one for you. And then, of course, we're going to get right back into game week mode and start looking forward to SEC play in the not-too-distant future with the trip to Gainesville on September the 18th. Have a great rest of your evening, everybody. Thanks again.